I don't know exactly how we're going to go about this, but if you've got something you want to write some things down on, you may do some of that. I've got some notes here, which don't mean anything. Not always. But we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. Somebody said amen. amen. Spiritual warfare and dominion over principalities. God wants us to have dominion over the principalities of this world. Amen. That's the will of God. Don't doubt it tonight. That's what God wants. It's in His plan. And so we're going to read to me personally what is perhaps the foremost Scripture concerning spiritual warfare. Now, recently there's been a bit of a stir in the Christian world about spiritual warfare. There's been books come out. There's a movie come out a few years ago written by a church and made that was called The War Room. Some of you may have seen that. And it's sort of referring to that area of Christian life, spiritual warfare. So there's an interest in it. But in not every church in the world is something like this preached and taught on. But in a world where there's spiritual darkness and evil things we've got to combat, I want to hear about it. I don't know about you. Somebody talk about it. And so that's what we're going to do. Uh, if you would, turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to start reading in verse 10. And all of a sudden, Paul drifts off into this tangent. And sort of out of the blue, starts talking about, matter of fact, over this set of scriptures, the heading in my Bible, you got headings in your Bible, it says in mine, exhortation to spiritual battle. So that's eye catching. And he says, toward the end of the book, he closes off this letter to the Ephesians, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Don't be weak in the Lord. If you're going to do it, be all in. And put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Now, pay attention to this word. Principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and then he says, now this is all pertaining to spiritual warfare. He says, 
praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. He caps it off with, if you're going to do this, if you're going to be involved with spiritual warfare, well, here's the armor of God. Now, you've heard the armor of God talked about and preached before. Then he says, he caps that with praying always. So let me say this at the outset. You want to be involved with spiritual warfare. You want to be involved with combating evil spirits. Friend, you better have a prayer life. Amen. You're not going to do spiritual battle of any kind without prayer as a pillar in your life. And so, if, if, if you're interested, you're curious about combating the spirits that maybe you're up against in your life, let me just say, start with get yourself a prayer life. Amen. Get it down. Get it down now. Don't wait 15 year, years down the road in your you know, uh, decision to be a Christian. Start right now and pray. Pray every day. Get close to God because He says if you're going to fight the spiritual battle, if you're going to quench the fiery darts of the wicked that are certainly coming at you at some point, you better pray. Yes. Prayer. Now in this church, I think it was a year ago, a couple years ago, we put such a focus on prayer. God took us down a road on prayer. And things just started happening around this place. They just did. And even though we moved into different themes and different sermon series lessons, things like that, we've not pulled back the reins on prayer around here. Amen. That's not going to be part of our process. Prayer don't change. It's got to be hot in the prayer room. It's got to be warm from the prayer room when we walk out here. Amen. And we talked about peace in the home. Peace in the home starts with prayer in the home. That's right. Amen. And so that's, that's prayer has got to be the center of our relationship with God. Um, and so pray, pray. This, this is the center of it all. Pray and you're going to have power against spirits. You're going to have the anointing of God because you've got relationship with God. You do not have the anointing of God without relationship with God. Amen. You can't uh, have an effect on an evil spirit and then call on the name of Jesus when Jesus don't even really know you. Amen. Hadn't been having conversation with Amen. you. It's not to say the name of Jesus isn't powerful. But not in every situation is God going to come through. But boy, He's more likely to when He's been talking to you often. Mm -hmm. And He remembers this person that's calling on Him all of a sudden right now in dire need. You know, it's, it's a lot easier for you to respond to somebody in need when you know them. You know, you, you, everybody's got this deal. You're driving down the street and there's somebody that's begging for money. You don't know them. You don't know what they're going to do with the money. And so you're kind of restrained from doing that. And, and that's, you know, that's a natural reaction to that. But you let a family member or a close friend call you up, somebody that you know a little better, 
Oh, it's so much easier to help somebody out like that. It's the same way with God. If He knows you, if He's got relationship going with you, it's so much easier to answer your prayer. And the Lord wants to do that. Now, referring to spiritual warfare, uh, perhaps about a year ago or something like that, Sister Kirsten and I were shopping. I'm not a shopper, okay? Um, I can walk into a department store and spend about five minutes and know if I'm going to buy anything in this establishment or not and turn around and walk out. Amen. Uh, She's not in here right now, but Sister Kirsten's not that way. Amen. And I'm in spiritual warfare over this issue. Uh, but we walked into this department store. We're going to have fun tonight. Her dad is right here. Well, he knows what I'm talking about, so I'm not worried. I'm not worried about it for one minute. Because uh, he's got a wife too, you see. Make too many jokes. Uh, we walked in this department store and it was a clothing store and it was, I guess you'd say, uh, they catered to younger generation. And we walked in not knowing, you know, what all they might have, no intentions of encountering something like this, but you walk in, you know, they have displays in a department store of clothes and uh, just to the left, they had a whole display of clothing and and uh, keychains and, and things, all of them of the same theme. And the theme, Lord help us on this particular day, was Ouija board. And so you have t-shirts, you've got coffee mugs, you got keychains, uh, Everything you could imagine on this table. And the idea was, everybody loves Ouija. But, you know, buy, buy some of this stuff. And surely somebody's buying it or they wouldn't have it out on the stand. Right. And the fact is, there's been a particular fascination, mostly from younger people, at this idea of the Ouija board. Now... I've had people call me up and tell me that their son or their daughter is involved with that and, and they are changing and things are not right. And I've had people, uh, me and Pastor both have had to deal with situations where people have begun to call on things with a, a Ouija board. And to some people, it's silly but I'm going to tell you the truth of what's happening here, an unbiased view of the entire situation. Young people are interested in the spiritual realm. Yeah. They have a deep interest in it. And so instead of going to church, they have the most easily accessible thing out there being something like a Ouija board where you call on something that you don't even know what you're calling on or the intentions of what it is may be. And so they call and they're interested in, in the spiritual, the mysterious, what might happen, what might take place, the supernatural. They even made a movie about Ouija board and, and all these evil, demonic and spiritual things 
They keep putting out content about it because people are interested in it and what it can do. And really, everybody has an interest in spiritual things. But it's what you drift to that really matters here. You've got interest in spiritual things because you're here tonight. It's the right spiritual things. Godly things. But you get to calling on something that you don't know what it is. And things will happen that maybe you didn't have intentions of. And people open themselves up to something like that. And their worst nightmare can take place. I've walked into somebody's house that called pastor and said that they were tormented by spirits. And you have to understand that a great amount of time, this is either somebody who is wanting attention or they're messed up on something, but there is a percentage of that time where it's real. And I've been in a moment where it is very real. It's a real thing that they have attached themselves to that is tormenting them, but they have submitted to it to do what it wants to do. They have opened that door and escorted that thing in. And now, Holy Ghost absent from their life, there is nothing that they can do about it until they fully turn themselves over to God and say, I don't want this thing. Right. And until they do that, They'll be tormented. They'll be tormented by it as long as they want to. And we, this is something that's not unbiblical, you understand. Jesus himself walked to a man who was possessed by thousands of spirits. Legion, the Bible called him. And the Lord cast it out of him. And they all went to the swine, the Bible says, who ran off a cliff. A whole bunch of pigs wasted, you know, a whole bunch of bacon. But the pigs ran off the cliff. And uh, the Bible says that because the spirits were cast out of the man, the Bible says specifically he was found clothed because he was naked before and in his right mind. Because of a releasing of spirits. The man was decent and he could think straight. Because somebody stood up and said, we've got control over these things. That's right. Amen. And so what kind of clearing of the mind for somebody could be done by somebody who takes the initiative in spiritual warfare and understands that these spirits are subject to us and God? Yes. If you've got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Spirits are alive and well in this world. Now, the, the Bible, it, it speaks very clearly about angels and demons, which essentially were the same being that chose a different route at some point. Many of them fell with Satan himself. And the angels, uh, angel is mentioned 192 times in the Bible. And it's derived from the Greek word agelos, and it means a messenger or envoy, one who brings good tidings, such as a pastor or one who is sent from God. And then the term demon, it's translated devil in the New Testament. It means divine or supernatural power. 
and uh, inferior to God. The Hebrew word devil is sair, and it means, now this is, this is kind of weird, but definitionally it means hairy male goat buck associated with the worship of the male goat among the Hebrews. And so that doesn't necessarily mean that if you want to approach a demon, you're going to see this goat looking thing. I've never seen that. Uh, and so most of the time it's manifested in the people that it's attached to. Right. And you don't see a goat, but boy, you see the effects of a spirit that's working in, in a particular person. And the angel who possessed heaven's renown was named Lucifer. The Bible says Satan. And Lucifer, with all the other angels, was given freedom of choice, just like you and I are, to either accept or reject worshiping God. They were given a choice. And Lucifer made his decision, along with many of the angels, and the fallen angels lost their first position. And they are today the kingdom of darkness. You today are a part of the kingdom of light. Somebody say amen. amen. You have an enemy. And I cannot necessarily, like I can go to your house, the kingdom of light, I can't necessarily take you to a house where we can find and see all the kingdom of darkness but it's set up all around us in different places. The Bible says that there are kingdoms of darkness, principalities, powers set in high places where there is a grip hold over people, locations, areas. Brother David Bryan, when he came to preach holiday youth convention a few years ago, um, told a few of us that before he even preached, when he was on the plane. Now you understand this is a man that is deep into spiritual warfare. God uses him in the office of a prophet. And he said that when he was flying into Arkansas in the Northwest area, which is where he was headed. And he was praying about the service that he was going to and what God might do and the people that were there and what they needed. He said that he felt in prayer when he passed through a barrier on that plane into a principality that had been set up in that area. And when he began to preach, there were young people that once they had been filled with the Holy Ghost began to lift up prayer against that principality. And, and I'll tell you the honest truth from being in that service I felt something break down in the spiritual realm. I'm talking about a tower of evil that had been set up and people have been made slave to that that came crumbling down in the presence of somebody who just understands the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's the key here that we've got to understand in all of this. All of these things, though, we're living in a world that's given people the impression you need to be scared of this. Our view of it ought to be those things are subject to God. Yes. And I'm a child of God. Come on. 
I'm a child of the King. Yes. And there's nothing like that. If I'm living for God like I need to, and I'm praying and I've got the Holy Ghost and I'm in tune with the Spirit of God, there is none of that that I cannot battle through. Right. And God won't help me to get it out of my life. Amen. We need to understand that. And the things that we battle that are involved with the spiritual realm, they are all only there because they're allowed to be there. Once you get it made up in your mind that I'm going to pray this thing out of you, if you do it in the right spirit and the Holy Ghost, and you don't take credit for it, for it, but you say God's going to do it, it'll happen. That's right. It's got to move. Just like the Bible talks about mountains moving by prayer. Even before that mountain moves, an evil spirit has to move. Yes. It's got to get out of the way. Amen. Uh, the Scripture talks so very clearly about it in the, in the kingdom of light. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them and said, All power is given unto Me in heaven and in earth. I've got a kingdom of light. You ought not be afraid of just about anything because I'm the King. And we're the kingdom of light. I've got all power in my hand. Amen. This is the words of Jesus. Ephesians 1 verse 18 reads, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance within the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power. It goes on to say, listen to this, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under His feet. Let it be known tonight that already, way before we ever started living, Jesus had all power over everything. Right. There's no spiritual power that is so high that it does not answer to Him. He's got power over all. Don't have any doubt over that tonight at all. There's a kingdom of light. And there's angels that are a part of that as, as we are. And they are ministering spirits, the Bible said. It talks about seraphims. It talks about cherubims. There's prominent angels of power such, you know, that we read of such as Michael and Gabriel. They had a specific job and they were perhaps a little bit higher than the other angels in their authority because we know that there is kingdom authority. As in the church, even with angels, there is, there is leaders, apparently, according to our Bible. There's ministering spirits that these angels are. The Bible says it, Matthew chapter 4 and 11, Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Hebrews 1 and 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. That's us. They're sent forth to minister. 
Amen. And they're around us. People talk about that in cliche sometimes, but you understand that there are angels around you. There are angels in our world. And they are around us at times. Psalm 68 verse 17, the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them as in Sinai in the holy place. Psalms 34 and 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Amen. These angels inhabited an invisible world and could not be seen without spiritual vision that God would give just as there is a kingdom of darkness. The Bible talks about the one called Lucifer. The son of the morning in some places he's called. The first creation and most exalted of the angelic beings. He was a great prince at one time. And this angel was corrupted, the Bible says, by pride. And he was rejected by God. And he is now operating in his role as Satan. And in the midst of pride, he has fallen and he is combating the church today. And there is a spirit of the Antichrist that is at work in our world. And this is all in his plan. It's all a part of what the devil's doing. There are principalities. And this, that word principalities, it means there's a chief. There is a ruler of something. It's, there is a ruler of the darkness of an area. There are in this community principalities that need to come down. Amen. There are kingdoms that are set up by the evil part of the spiritual realm that wish to take down souls, that wish to get people bound, that wish to get people to backslide because it all counts toward their cause. The American Heritage Dictionary defines principalities as a territory ruled by a prince from which a prince derives his title. The position, authority, or jurisdiction of a prince. Sovereignty. People under this principality have given power to it and allowed it to rule them. And there's people that are bound by that. There's people that you know that are bound under a principality, an evil place. Principalities and powers. And powers conveys the idea of jurisdiction, rights of a controlled area, the warrant or right to do something. They, they have been given the deed of the area and the power to do whatever it is that they want. And it's not been just handed to them because the Lord thinks that we need to be punished or something like that. People in their own free will have given power to these things. And they allow them to stick around. And it's funny because people sometimes wonder why they're dealing with so much, but they have given power to something in their life. And they're living under a principality that they can't physically see or understand, but things are falling apart. Things are not going right. And it seems like they're mad at God, thinking, why doesn't God fulfill 
my prayers, and all this time they have given all the power to the principality. And the Lord would love to have the deed to that area, that property, and be able to do some things for them, but they have submitted to something else. A ruler of darkness, as the Scripture said. Spiritual wickedness in high places. It means depravity, malice, iniquity. You remember the other day we talked about iniquity? Iniquity. Deep, evil sin. And it addresses, it addresses uh, that word iniquity, the dimensions of spiritual sin. And this is what's going on in these kingdoms. So there has always, in all of this, you've got this kingdom of light, you've got this kingdom of dark, there's people under the dark that's being tormented, and they're, they're basically, it's like being stuck in limbo because there's nothing going to go a great way for them. They're under this principality in this kingdom. Then over here, you got people living for God that are part of this kingdom of light. All this is going on, and there has always, in the middle of all that, been and there will always be a need for war in the spiritual realm. Amen. Somebody, somebody has to take the reins of spiritual warfare. Yes. It's the will of God. In the same way that when our country goes to war, there's got to be somebody willing to do it. In the church, there's got to be somebody willing to stand up and say, I'm going to make war with these things. And it's going to take some labor and some strong prayer and some commitment in prayer, but somebody has to take the reins and go to war yes. with the kingdom of darkness. And so we have this conflict in the spiritual realm. And Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life, they might have it more abundantly. This spiritual world has an effect on mankind. It's got an effect on people. And the more you see evil take place in our world, and it's going to get worse, the Bible says, as time goes on, it's because at the same time that revival is happening in such a way it's never happened before, breaking loose, there is a spiritual realm that's combating that more than it ever has. And it's coming against it. And this is why we're going to see even more evil men are going to wax worse and worse as the day approaches, the Bible says. And it's got an impact on mankind as this all continues. And the problem in all of this, every bit of spiritual warfare, started in the Garden of Eden. At the very first creation. It was there. In the garden. That Adam enjoyed complete dominion. Given to him directly by God. Adam, I give you control over all this. You have dominion. You've got control and power. You've got authority over it. And there were three key elements to dominion. Now, we want dominion over principalities. We want to take authority over these things. There were three things that gave Adam that dominion. Adam enjoyed 
daily, intimate fellowship with the Lord. So the first thing that went into dominion over all that was a fellowship with God. Fellowship. The second thing was that God gave him authority over all the earthly elements, including the animals, the beasts of the field, the birds of the air. Adam also, in addition to fellowship and authority from God, received power from God. As his very life came through the breath of God. This was the result of God's word being directly spoken to him. And he lived in dominion because he had three things. He had fellowship with God. He had authority from God. And God gave him power. So if we want to have dominion over principalities, we want to make war and win against these things. Not just play around like some people do in the spiritual realm. That's what they're doing when they grab a hold of a Ouija board. We first got to have fellowship with God. We got to have a strong relationship with Him. And then we've got to take authority in the presence of God in prayer. Anybody ever take authority over something in your prayer? Sometimes it's, it doesn't, it's not a thing where you just pray, well, Lord, I need this. No, sometimes it's you need to take authority over that issue and that problem and that spirit. And so you've got to have authority to take dominion. And then you've got to have the substance of it all, and that is the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you are absent of the Holy Ghost, if you don't have that continual diet of receiving that daily, Paul said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all daily. It was not an arrogant thing. It was not him trying to exalt himself above people. But he's saying, you need to, you need to make it a common thing. This Holy Ghost thing, this speaking in tongues thing, is not a one-time event. Amen. It's something that God wants to refresh in you. And He wants to fill you up with power against these things. And if you want to have power, you've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. And these things are going to allow you to have the ability to take dominion. Romans 5 and 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, talking about Adam, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Just as Adam had an opportunity to have dominion, and also he had an opportunity to sin, we too have that opportunity to sin and we've got the opportunity to take dominion. God wants, listen to me tonight, God wants a restoration of dominion in His church. When Adam lost that dominion in a moment of sin, it immediately began God's work. I want my kingdom and my people and my church to have dominion over these things. I've designed them to have it from the very beginning. And so God stands back and looks at His church today and He sees this kingdom of darkness that's greatly at work in His world. And I just believe that God is telling us today, take dominion over those things. Take dominion over them. 
I've given you authority. If you ask me for it, I'll give you power because the Holy Ghost is a gift that I'll give to you. And if you want fellowship with me, you can have dominion. This is what God wants for His church. He wants us to take dominion over these things. Amen. And it all, we, we combat we combat these evil spirits with dominion. And of course, if anybody wants to get out from under a principality, first thing they need to do, they need to experience the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. They need to repent. They need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And they need to receive the Holy Ghost. Everybody needs that. Now come on somebody. Yeah. We believe that everybody needs to repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. This promise is unto you and to your children and your children's children and to them that are afar off. Amen. And I would insert even those that are next door. Yes. Everybody needs it. And if they're going to have any power over those principalities that are popping up and setting themselves against the kingdom of light, they've got to have this thing. And we can't keep it shutting these doors. We want to infiltrate the kingdom of darkness with the gospel and take dominion over them with that. Hallelujah. Amen. And so there's, there's a formula for dominion. Now, you need not forget that in all of this, God has power. Yes. God has power. And He's going to exercise that power before everybody as the time gets closer because we know revival is going to get greater and greater. And not only that, but He's going to exercise it in the ultimate way. And there's going to be a defeat that takes place. Yes, and it's going to end it for everybody. And we're going, to, we're going to end with that here in just a few minutes. But there is a kingdom warfare that God wants amongst His people. How do you uh, get into this kingdom warfare? There's stages of it. There's stages of kingdom warfare. You've got to battle. You've got to battle some things sometimes. Anybody ever, and I know this is a pretty common thing because the fact is, Spirits are not an uncommon thing. You experience the Holy Ghost just about every service, right? And I hope you encounter it just about every day. This is a spiritual realm. It's not an uncommon thing. But everybody has kind of had a moment like when you wake up and you feel a presence in your home. Anybody? And you know it's not right. Something here is not right. And you feel maybe kind of paralyzed a little bit. You feel numbed by it, but you know something's wrong. And you don't have to go through the rest of the night like that. I hope you know that. Amen. Because you can call on the name of Jesus. And you got the Holy Ghost. And these things, remember, are subject to you. They're scared of you. A lot of people scared of spirits and they're scared of you. Explain that to me. Well, 
They don't have the joy and the boldness and the power that comes with the Holy Ghost. That changes a lot. Amen. But we don't need to be scared. Somebody said that demons and spirits stay up late at night telling scary Holy Ghost stories. <laughs> Amen. And we, you know, it's kind of funny, but it's the truth. You know that when Brother J.R. got baptized the other night, they were talking about it. Yes, they were. Brother J.R., you struck fear in the heart of a principality. Amen. When you went down in Jesus' name. Brother Thomas, the same with you. When you went down in the water in Jesus' name, there's some demons somewhere that were shaken. Because they're losing. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Their principality is breaking apart. When somebody gets the Holy Ghost, it shakes the kingdom of darkness. That's right. Somebody gets healed and God gets the glory for it. Come on. It's shaking their world apart. Yes. Amen. And so, people don't understand why Pentecostals and Apostolics get excited about these things. There's a lot more going on than what you see. There's a lot more taking place than just that healing or that baptism or that infilling of the Holy Ghost. There's things breaking apart at the hand of God. And so, even in regular services and at home in your prayer, you are in the battle. You're in the fight. That's why we push prayer. That's why we push worship around here. Because it's battling these things. We battle. Sometimes we're in pursuit of an enemy. And you know you got to pinpoint on it in prayer. That's what was happening last night in this room. Yes, it was. Somebody got a pinpoint on the enemy. Heat-seeking missiles. Chasing them down a road. It's, it's scary for them. It ought not scare us. And then there's times where you bust down the gates of the enemy and take territory. And in all of that, if you're going to bust down gates the way they used to do it in battle, they would have a battering ram. Anybody ever see anything like that? Got this great big old, it's almost like a, a telephone post or something. And a great group of men would get behind that and they'd all carry that and ram it into the doors of a kingdom and they would infiltrate it through the battering ram. The battering ram for us is the name of Jesus. Amen. You use the name of Jesus and wield it in battle. Amen. And when they come up against, if you will, a kingdom and a principality of Philistines that had this great big old boy, Goliath, and everybody's scared. There was a boy named David who at the time didn't know the name Jesus, but he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. That's right. I don't just come to you with stones. Stones aren't going to do the trick. But the name of the Lord... Always does the trick. Amen. It's a battering ram. 
Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no obvious divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Speak the same thing. And our message is Jesus. It's the same message. We're uh, uh, We're not broken apart. We don't have disunity around here. Our message is Jesus. Amen. And we got to be in the same mind on that. Praise God. And we battle in prayer. Once you find what that is, what that is, and you've got to pinpoint on it. You hit it with the name of Jesus and you come against it with authority and power. Amen. And that is the type of thing that turns your prayer from, Lord, I really need you to do this. To you're no longer even addressing God, you're addressing the Spirit in the name of God. Yes. Spirit, I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. Authority and power. Amen. Amen. And if you're going to do that, at some point you ought to speak in tongues. Amen. Because that is the type of thing that makes them shake. Hallelujah. Amen. But in all of this, I want to, just in closing tonight, I could talk a good long while longer, but I want to give you the conclusion of spiritual warfare. I don't want you to have any doubt. I want you to understand that you are on the winning side. You don't have to worry about what the final fate of it all is going to be. Because in the Gospel of John, Jesus prophesied of His triumph over the powers of darkness. And he declared this. This is John chapter 12, verse 31. Now, judgment is upon this world. Now, the ruler of this world, and when he says that, he's referring to Satan, shall be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. And in that, he predicted and foretold of his death on the cross. And that there would one day be a permanent defeat. Yes, Satan is going to be a defeated enemy. Amen. Because the explanation that's written in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 4 is a masterpiece of the Word of God, our Bible, in unveiling the victory that God is going to have. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words or try to tell you any different here tonight. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the Spirit, joying in beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Jesus as Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in Him, in who? In Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily.
bodily. You remember that scripture we read that said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Just call on the name of Jesus. The fullness of the Godhead bodily is in Him. And we sing, the mighty God in Christ, the fullness of the Godhead, it's all in Him. Amen. And you're complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you're circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised Him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to His cross. And listen to this. You all let this triumph ring in your ears tonight. And having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a show of them openly. Yes. Triumphing over them in it. Amen. He did not just defeat them in the end. But He made a show of those principalities that once stood tall over families and cities and communities. And He triumphed over them in it. And there will come a day when a trumpet's going to sound and He's going to be glorified before everybody. And everybody... Every being, every person is going to take a knee all of a sudden and confess with their mouth that He is Lord. And He's going to turn around to that greatest being in in the kingdom of darkness. And He's going to tell him, I've got a special place for you that I've prepared. I've prepared a place for my kids. I've prepared a place for you. And He's going to cast him into a pit of fire. Amen. And it's all going to be known before everybody. It's not going to be a question. We're not going to have to consult Google. We're not going to have to ask our best friend down the road. It's going to be clear to everybody. They're not going to have to get out a Ouija board and experiment with the spiritual realm and figure out who's more powerful. It's going to be known. And they're going to confess it with their mouth. Amen. And what I say today is, why don't we get a head start and confess it with our mouths? And let it know, you are Lord. You're Lord in my life. You're Lord of the battle. You're Lord in everything that I do. You're still God. You're more powerful than all. And in everything that you deal with, in every spiritual battle you come up against, He's still more powerful. And the name of Jesus is greater than any other name. Is anybody thankful that you've got a God that shows Himself powerful? He's not even done any of that yet. But He'll show Himself powerful today for you because He deserves the glory. Hallelujah. Let's stand together tonight. Ought not anybody be afraid. Ought not anybody be intimidated. It bothers me that there's people intimidated by the spiritual realm. I want to get that out of the way tonight. I hope I've in some way been able to achieve that for you. There ought not be fear. Amen. Fear is not of God. 
Amen. It's a tactic of that kingdom of darkness. And fear has corrupted Christians. Fear has corrupted people who have lived for God for years. There's some that are content to sit by and let the more spiritual group of the bunch take control in prayer. But first of all, we ought not be idle. Come on. Idle hands of the devil's workshop. We ought not be idle. We ought not be ignorant of the spiritual things going on around us. That's right. We ought not be opposed to being involved with those things. You remember I talked about how there's, you know, something will happen spiritually in a church. There will be a spirit on somebody and everybody's just kind of like, ugh, I won't be involved with that. I'll let somebody more spiritual than me deal with that. That is not of God. That spirit's not of God. Fear is not of God. Amen. And if you're confident, if you're confident that you're full of the Holy Ghost, you need to be confident in that Holy Ghost. Amen. That power and sweet authority that God has seen fit to give to you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're an army. Yes, we are. For God. And the principalities, the powers, the rulers of spiritual darkness in this world don't need to get to thinking that we're sleeping on the job. Right. And they don't need to think that we're out just doing our own thing unaware of them. I want them to know that I'm aware of them. Amen. Amen. I want them to know that I've got their number. I want them to know that I've got a pinpoint on what they're doing around me and trying to do in my life. And in prayer, I want to take dominion over them. Now, tonight, I'm not going to hold you long because I already have. But I want us to pray for a minute. I want us to pray for a minute. And, and I want you to find some holy boldness about yourself. Let God put it on you if necessary. But these things, these things that exist... We ought not be timid in our spirit about Him. We, ought, we need to get some confidence in prayer about our God. Maybe we need God to remind ourselves or remind us about how great and powerful He is. Would you just worship Him right now? Come on, He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. Amen. And He said, I'll give you power. Behold, I will give you power in earth over all these things. You're going to be able to tread on serpents. Amen. And you'll be able to cast out those things that don't belong around you. Come on, lift Him up right now. Gain some faith in your prayer. Gain some confidence, not in yourself, but in God and the power of God that He's given unto you. He's still greater. He's still greater. He's still more powerful in your life. He's still the greatest person there's ever been. He still holds all power in heaven and earth. And the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Him bodily. Amen. Somebody, you ought to go home tonight and just speak the name of Jesus over your house. You ought to speak the name of Jesus in prayer over somebody. Because God can give you dominion. It's the will of God that we have dominion over principalities, 
Yes, 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 I feel an encouraging in the house. I feel an uplifting tongues in the house. Yamboru kondorobo se antalamahai. Eondorobo shi antalamahai. God's encouraging you today. Amen. I've given you power. Behold, I give you power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Gain that boldness. Get past that timid spirit when it comes to the spiritual realm. And when you pray, take authority. When you pray, take authority. When you pray, take authority. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, say to God, He's given it to you. He's given it to you. There's no spirit that's not subject to you in your walk with God. Hallelujah. 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 Spirits are worried right now. Spirits are worried right now. Spirits are scared right now. Amen. Even in your prayer at this moment, they're scared. They're scared of you. Hey, The Lord gives favor to His children. Hallelujah. Given you power to tread on serpents and cast out evil spirits and to act on my behalf in the spirit. That that you deal with is not only physical, it's spiritual. And I give you authority to act in my name. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. Come on, lift up the Lord right now. Lift him up. Oh, give him praise right now. 
Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, God. 